In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the month of Kiyak, in which actually we read about the birth of John the Baptist. And as I told you, all these four Sundays of Kiyak, the Church is teaching us about the preparation for the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the first Sunday, the Annunciation of Archangel Gabriel to Zechariah with the birth of John. And John means God is compassionate. So the revelation that the Church wants, wanted to reveal to us about God in the first Sunday, that God is compassionate. The second Sunday, uh, another revelation through the Annunciation of Archangel Gabriel to Saint Mary, the Mother of God. Archangel Gabriel told her, you will call his name Jesus. And Jesus means Savior. So the revelation in the second Sunday that God is my Savior. God is my Savior. The third uh, Sunday, the visit of St. Mary to Elizabeth to serve her during the last three months of her pregnancy. And St. Mary praised God with her magnificent, and she said, my soul rejoices in the Lord my Savior. Through the compassion of God and through the salvation that he performed for us, he became our joy. We rejoice in the Lord. So the revelation in the first Sunday, God is compassionate. Second Sunday, God is my salvation. Third Sunday, God is my joy. In the Gospel of today, which is the fourth Sunday, there is a word that was repeated twice about God. The Lord, Zechariah, uh, the father of St. John, uh, he was filled with the Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. For he has visited and redeemed his people. And then, it was repeated another time when he said, through the tender mercies of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, has visited us. So the revelation in this Sunday about God, that he visits us, he searches for us, he seeks us, God the seeker, God the visitor. In the Old Testament, when the shepherds of Israel neglected the people, did not ask about them, did not visit them, did not check on them, and God actually told them, you will not shepherd my people Israel no more. And he told them in Zechariah chapter, sorry, in Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11, for thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself 
will search for my sheep and seek them out. I will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And God indeed, by the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, God indeed now is visiting us and asking about us. That's why in any ministry, the visitation is a very important element. Whether we are clergy or Sunday school servant, the visitation and searching and seeking out for the people, that's a very important element. But God, when he searches for us or visits us, he doesn't do it out of obligation or out of routine. But he does this out of love and compassion. As we read in the Gospel of today, from Luke chapter 1, verse 78, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. So, Zechariah in his prophecy explained why God is visiting us, why God is seeking us, why God is searching about us, why he decided to incarnate and become man. Why? He said, through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us. So this tender mercy, this love, this compassion in the Holy Trinity made the Son of God to incarnate and to visit us. So he did not do it, as I said, out of obligation or necessity or out of routine, no, or duty. He did it out of love. The tender mercy of God, here is the Father, through the tender mercy of our God the Father, with which the day spring, the day spring, the sun, who is shining to us from on high, he has visited us. So the incarnation was the will and the pleasure of the Holy Trinity by the will of the Son, the approval of the Father, and the pleasure of the Holy Spirit. The incarnation was fulfilled, and God has visited us here on earth. But why? What is the purpose of this visitation? Many things, actually. Before the incarnation of the Son of God, as we read in Isaiah, we were sitting in darkness and the shadow of death. And you hear it in every divine liturgy, in St. Basil liturgy. We say, we who were sitting in darkness and shadow of death. Once we separated ourselves from God, then we are living in darkness. We became blind because God is light. So when we separate ourselves from the true light, we are in darkness. But when the day spring 
shown from on high to us, he enlightened our life. As Zechariah said, to give light to those who sit in darkness. He enlightened our way by his knowledge. He opened our internal eye to see him, not only to see him, but to be united in him and one with him. So he came to enlighten our life after we were sitting in darkness. Also, we were sitting in the shadow of death. Shadow of death means we are on the verge of death. We are under the sentence of death. So if he did not incarnate, if he did not visit us, we will be executed. We will be uh, thrown into the lake of fire eternally. All of us, with no exception. So he visited us to transfer us from death to life, to give us life instead of death, to set us free from the sentence of death and to receive a life. So why he visited us? To give light to those who sit in darkness and to give life to those sitting in the shadow of death. And number three, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Can you imagine if a person sitting in darkness or blind, and also this person is waiting to be killed, definitely this person will have no peace. But when God came, enlightened our life, and delivered us from death to life, and dropped all the charges against us, definitely we know the way of peace. Peace with God after the enmity for almost 5,500 years, there was enmity between heaven and earth, between God and us. Now through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are reconciled with the Father. We are reconciled with the heaven once again. And also peace between the person and his brother. Jews and Gentiles were enemies, but through the incarnation of the Son of God, the two became one. The Gentiles and the Jews became one. And also peace between the person and himself. So God came actually to bring peace to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's why in the incarnation of the Son of God, the angels praised and said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So he came to enlighten our life, to transfer us from death to life, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. But how he did this, how he enlightened our life, how he delivered us from death to uh, life, and also guide our feet into uh, the way of peace. As the Christ said, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited 
and redeemed his people. Redeemed his people. You know, redemption means you need to sacrifice something to redeem something else. That is the concept of redemption. Something has to be sacrificed in order to redeem something else. That is the meaning of redemption. So, who was sacrificed here? It's God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He offered himself as a sacrifice, as a sin sacrifice, as a trespass sacrifice, as a peace sacrifice, and as also a burnet offering. So all these sacrifices in the Old Testament were fulfilled in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came in order to redeem us. He offered himself as ransom, ransom for all of us. He paid for our sins in order to redeem us from the sentence of death. And not only he redeemed us, but as Zachariah said also in his prophecy, and he raised, he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. What does it mean, a horn of salvation? God, he visited us to be the horn of our salvation. In the in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle of meeting, uh, the altar has four horns. And if anyone, uh, for example, killed somebody by a mistake, not intentionally, in order not to be killed, so he ran into, he used to run to the temple and hold the horn of the temple. Once he holds the horn of the altar, nobody can kill him. So Zechariah had this image, and he imagined that the Lord Jesus Christ came to be the horn of our salvation. When we hold it to him, when we cling to him, Nobody can hurt us. We will not be dead. We will not be under the sentence of this if we are holding the horn of our salvation. How can we become dead if we are holding to the source of life and to the fountain of life? That's why the Lord said, those who are in my hand, Nobody can touch them. Nobody can hurt them. So this visitation, God has visited us not only to enlighten our life, not only to move us from death to life, not only to guide us into the way of peace, not only to redeem us, but also to be a permanent horn of salvation. Every time we run to him, and we hold him, then again, nobody can touch us. Nobody can harm us. Nobody can kill us. This horn of salvation, we have it here every day on the altar. When we come 
and we partake of his body and his blood. As the Lord said, he who eats my bread, uh, my body and drink my blood will live forever and I will raise him at the last day. He will not die. I will raise him at the last day. So he visited us to be a horn of salvation, permanent horn of salvation. Every day we found him on the altar and we hold to him. And finally, the purpose of this visitation to to be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. We have many enemies. Satan is the biggest enemy to all of us. But there are many enemies with the fall of Adam and Eve. Illness and diseases became enemy. Death became another enemy. As St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last enemy will be, that will be defeated is death. So death is another enemy. Uh, corruption is another enemy. Evil is an, uh, another enemy. The bad desires of the flesh is another enemy. The world and the temptation of the world is another enemy. But when Jesus came, Jesus came to give us salvation from all our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Now, all these enemies can be defeated. As the Lord said, in the world you will have many tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He came and went through all this temptation and he resembled us in everything, everything except for sin alone, in order actually to give us this victory and to give us this uh, uh, salvation from all our enemies and from all who hate us. So these are the seven reasons why God has visited us. God who visited us, he came to enlighten our life, to move us from death to life, to guide our feet into the way of peace, and to redeem us from the sentence of death, to establish a permanent horn of salvation for us, and to save us from our enemies, and from all those who hate us. And all of this done because of his tender mercy. He did not do it out of duty of obligation, but because of uh, his tender mercy. Now, what is our response? After we understand why God has visited us and all these reasons why he has visited us, Zechariah continues and explains God did all of this to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, now you know that you are delivered from the hand of, of, of the enemies. Death has no authority over you. Satan has no authority over you. Illness has no authority over you. Nothing has authority over you. God has delivered us from the hand of our enemies. Now, we might 
serve him we might worship him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life so understanding the visitation of god will set us free from the fear in hebrew chapter 2 saint paul spoke that because of the fear of death we were slaves all the days of our life usually a person is a slave of what he fears a person he is a slave of what he fears once we get rid of this fear we will enjoy our freedom so we were slaves because of the fear of death but now since we were delivered from all our enemies we worship god without fear we are not afraid we are not fearful we are not fearful from satan or from our enemies or from death or from uh, illness nothing as saint paul said to live is christ and to die is gain if we live we live for god if we die we die for god so we are not afraid and with this spirit that's free from fear we are worshiping him to worship him without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life holiness is the internal uh, virtue to have the reverence of god inside you your heart is holy your heart is sanctified when internally we are sanctified and we are holy this will be reflected externally in what we call righteousness righteousness from the word right righteousness means doing what is right that's righteousness to do what is right so zachariah said knowing that we are delivered from the hand of our enemies we will we will worship him without fear in holiness that's internally and in righteousness this righteousness is the fruit of the internal holiness in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life celebration of the nativity is not just uh, a celebration of a feast in which we commemorated commemorate the birth of Christ and we exchange uh, gifts with one another and we break our fast no the celebration of nativity is beyond this understanding why god has visited us this should be reflected in how we should worship him without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life this is the real celebration of the feast of nativity so in these few days that we still have in this fast let us reflect on this uh, requirement how to worship god without fear 
how to serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. In order to be able to do this, you need to reflect on the visitation of the Lord, that he visited us because he loved us out of his tender mercy, to enlighten our way, to move us from death to life, to guide our feet into the way of peace, to redeem his people, to establish a horn of salvation, permanent horn of salvation, and to deliver us from the hand of our enemies and those who hate us. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.